Hello and welcome. My name is Tenzin Tarpa, and I'll be reading from my text, Mindfulness Basics, which is part of my Skillful Living series. You can download a print copy of this text and many others from my website at TenzinTarpa.com. Just a reminder that although my work is free, as a Buddhist monk, I do rely on donations to sustain myself and my work. So, if you find my writing of value, consider making a donation at my website. Mindfulness Basics by Venerable Tenzin Tarpa. Note, this text assumes the reader has finished Meditation Basics, from where this text continues. Meditation Basics is available for free download at TenzinTarpa.com. Today, mindfulness is all the rage being touted by self-help experts, therapists, doctors, business gurus, sports coaches, and school teachers as a safe and effective method for working with the mind and emotions. Its benefits are similar to those of meditation discussed previously. But in addition, because the practice of mindfulness works directly with everyday life, it also enhances daily activity, skills, behaviors, and interactions. Like meditation, the practice of mindfulness is a me method of mental cultivation with the purpose of developing and gaining control over the mind and its processes. A practice of introspection that develops clarity, objectivity, insight, focus, and mental emotional stability while reducing mental distraction. Mindfulness is something we utilize in each and every moment, as well as being the mental quality that defines meditation. It's that which directs, applies, and holds our awareness, and includes the qualities of watchful focus, contemplation, discernment, and discipline. Within Buddhist scriptures, the term mindfulness refers to a function of the mind as well as a practice with both functioning to facilitate mental focus and prevent forgetfulness or loss of object. Lastly, the topic of mindfulness also pertains to the spectrum of our awareness, with mindfulness, clarity, and presence at one end, and absent-mindedness, confusion, and mind-wandering at the other. The two aspects of mindfulness. Mindfulness as a function of the mind. The mental function of mindfulness is comprised of both mental awareness and recollection. In its most primal aspect, mindfulness is simply the mind's ability to stay focused on an object, that which directs, holds, and correctly applies our awareness. Within meditation, this allows us to stay focused on our object of meditation. Mindfulness also includes the mind's ability to recollect, remember, or to keep something in mind, which can be ethics, goals, perspective, practice instructions, evaluation, etc. Within meditation, this allows us to remember our meditation instruction and to observe and assess our practice. Both of these are ethically neutral, meaning a saint can utilize the functions of mindfulness just as much as a bank robber, 
allowing both to focus fully on their activities and to apply their skills effectively. Mindfulness as a practice. The practice of mindfulness is the application and cultivation of a specific type of focused attention, comprised of both present awareness and watchful introspection. Present awareness mindfulness is to abide as the observing witness to the present moment without the mind getting lost in the past or future, to be in the now, to cultivate an open or bare awareness, a state of mind intentionally devoid of mental commentary, interpretation, or judgment. Whereas watchful introspection mindfulness utilizes observation, contemplation, analysis, and assessment in order to gain insight and understanding into ourselves and our lives. The aim of mindfulness. The common aim of mindfulness is to become more consciously engaged in the activities and experiences that make up our lives. To be more skillful within our daily interactions, activities, and environment. But most important, it's to gain control over our mind and the thinking process. The ultimate aim of mindfulness is to awaken to awaken from habitual and mundane existence, ignorance, and superficiality, and to awaken to clarity, understanding, contentment, and joy. What mindfulness is not. Some imagine mindfulness as abiding in a spacey, blissed out mental state that is far removed from the sharp and productive mind we utilize in everyday life. This is a mistake. On the contrary, mindfulness is to engage in a state of heightened awareness that is clear, focused, calm, and alert. A mind that is properly engaged in mindfulness practice is visually indistinguishable from the common mindset. The only qualities noticeably missing are the absence of mental and emotional distraction and instability. Like meditation, mindfulness is not about suppressing thought, but instead is aimed at gaining control over the thinking process. Here, a distinction needs to be made between thought and thinking. Thought is a natural byproduct of the mind that arises naturally from mental imprints and internal and external experience, whereas thinking is the intentional or habitual act of operating those thoughts. Mindfulness is also not about suppressing feelings or emotions, but instead to gain emotional stability, maturity, and control to be more emotionally skillful and effective when engaging with our environment, to experience emotions in their appropriate and rational context, free of overreactivity. Quote, the practice of mindfulness isn't meant to eradicate thinking, but instead to gain control over and liberate the thinking process. End quote. The discovery of stillness. Stillness, also termed presence or the now, can be understood as the stilling of the mind and emotions. 
It's a discovery and recognition of the underlying peace and contentment that is present within every moment. Stillness is a shift of perception which recognizes the inherent space that underlies our daily reality. It's reality prior to interpretation and judgment and the acceptance of the present moment just as it is. Stillness is the calm that's always present beneath our anxiety, the spaciousness that's always present beneath our busyness, and the equanimity that's always present beneath our contention. Stillness arises when we shift our awareness from the doing mind to the observing mind, abiding as the observing witness to the unfolding of the present moment. Experientially, Beyond the technical description of stillness lies the actual experience. When one's full attention is gathered and stabilized fully on the breath, the thought process diminishes and is liberated. At this point, one's awareness becomes extraordinarily spacious and peripheral. A profound sense of well-being, equanimity, and peace arises, accompanied by feelings of bliss, a sensation referred to as rapture. This state is one of the most therapeutic, rejuvenating, and pleasurable sensations that can be experienced. Objective distance. Another experiential aspect of mindfulness is the discovery or realization of objective distance, the recognition of the space between the observer and the observed, the doer and the activity, and the feeling and the experience. It's the narrow space between stimuli and reaction that allows understanding, reason, and skill to be applied. Objective distance is the transcendence of our compulsive grasping at ideas, views, and control. It's to abide in a less intense and immediate sense of reality. Objective distance is not detachment, which is the avoidance of emotional or social engagement. Instead, objective distance is the recognition and cultivation of the space within every moment. Doctors have long known of the benefits of keeping a professional distance between themselves and their patients, allowing for a greater level of objectivity and effectiveness in treatment. Good parenting requires the application of objective distance so that children can learn to be self-reliant, to think and do for themselves. Skillful parents know that they can't simply smother their child in love and kisses. There must be some level of objective distance for healthy emotional development to occur. However, Buddhists utilize objective distance in a more comprehensive way applying it to our relationship with reality itself. The problem is that most of us live our lives with our faces smashed up against the window glass of reality, living in a state of intense immediacy, experiencing reality so closely that there's no room to think, to breathe, or make wise decisions. To remedy this, we apply and cultivate an objective distance from our reality, which serves as an antidote to our obsessive tendencies, over-emotional reactivity, and relentless, relentless thinking and worrying.
the experiential experience of stillness and objective distance. Stillness and objective distance share a similar felt sensation, experienced as a slight backing away from the world. Time seems to slow as feelings of stability increase. There's a calming and felt reduction in one's mental physical speed and a shift in perception as one's inner world and outer world come into proper balance. Thinking falls away along with the intense immediacy that normally plagues us. This is replaced by spaciousness and a clear and open objectivity. Signs of success in your mindfulness practice. The signs of success in mindfulness are basically the same as meditation. The attainment of the mind of renunciation or the result wish for liberation and freedom. The development of deep inspiration, faith, and an appetite for practice. Realizing the futility of mundane goals and self-occupied interests. Becoming less reactionary while recovering more quickly from negative mental states. Becoming more mentally and emotionally stable, more mature. Seeing your negative emotions being transformed into their positive counterparts. Seeing that you are beginning to experience bliss and equanimity even when not engaged in practice. The practice of mindfulness. Mindfulness can be practiced formally on the cushion within meditation or practice within your day, incorporating it into your daily activities. The practice consists of the application and cultivation of focused attention and can be understood within two complementary aspects, the application of present awareness and the application of watchful introspection, which can be utilized separately or in union. These two aspects of mindfulness are practiced in the same way, the only difference being the chosen object of mindfulness, where we place our attention. The practice of mindfulness relies on one unique aspect of the mind, that the mind can only focus on one thing at a time. For although the mind can experience its various senses simultaneously, seeing, hearing, smelling, feeling, the mind does not have the ability to hold multiple thoughts, concepts, or mental experiences simultaneously, although it can shift rapidly between them. Meaning, by placing and holding our attention on an object of mindfulness, it anchors our mind in the present moment. It is impossible for the mind to be anywhere else. Through this practice, we slowly train and habituate the mind to be present and fully aware. The practice of present awareness mindfulness. This application of mindfulness utilizes a specific type of focused attention referred to as present awareness. It is to abide as the observing witness to the present moment without the mind getting lost in thoughts of the past or future. To be in the now, the cultivation of open or bare awareness. A state of mind intentionally devoid of mental commentary, interpretation, or judgment. We begin this practice by choosing and focusing on an object of mindfulness, 
usually the breath, but it can also be the present moment or awareness itself. In its most basic form, the practice of present awareness mindfulness can be simply keeping your attention on the breath throughout the day. Another tool we use extensively in this practice is the practice of noting. Utilizing noting. We first learned about noting during meditation, but here in mindfulness practice, we utilize it to a much greater degree. The practice of noting refers to, refers to labeling or making mental notes. Noting is a remarkable tool for keeping the mind focused and in the present moment. It's also one of the greatest tools of introspection used to investigate and learn about ourselves. The application of noting is easy. Whatever you're doing, you note it. This simple act of noting anchors the mind in the present moment and activity by forcing the mind into focused awareness. Examples of things that can be noted. Sense experiences, noting sights as sounds, sounds as hearing, senses smelling, etc. Feelings and sensations, noting sleepy, anxious, itchy, hungry, etc. Emotions or moods, noting content, happy, sad, grateful, depressed, etc. Internal activities, noting thinking, daydreaming, meditating, breathing, etc. External activities, noting working, reading, driving, washing, etc. Non-activities, noting resting, relaxing, experiencing, enjoying, observing, etc. Behaviors, noting habits, tendencies, appropriate or inappropriate behavior, etc. Intentions, noting altruistic, selfish, greedy, prideful, wholesome, etc. Attitudes, noting confident, narcissistic, arrogant, shy, nervous, etc. Views, noting right or wrong, realistic, practical, delusional, skillful, etc. Assessment, noting proper or improper, like, dislike, impartial, enjoyable, healthy, etc. And revelations, noting awakening, impermanent stillness, etc. In other words, anything you can experience either externally or internally can be noted. Note, there is no point in noting physical phenomena. Noting automobile won't help us to become present. However, noting the sense perception related to the phenomena will. Seeing an automobile, feeling rain, enjoying the movie, exploring the park. Using noting to understand others. Noting can also be used to understand others, which in turn helps us to understand ourselves. The practice, usually done silently, can give us great insight into others' behaviors, emotions, character, activities, and intentions. This, this application is the same, but now applied outwardly. 
Noting is also an amazing tool for training us to remain more objective when interacting with others, while helping to limit our reactivity. In the initial time it takes to make a note, a space is created between the experience and the reaction, allowing for awareness, understanding, and skill to be applied. Applying present awareness mindfulness during activities. When engaging in activities, focus your awareness on the breath while occasionally saying the name of the activity being performed, like walking, cleaning, eating, resting, etc. The aim is to try to stay present within the activity at hand. When washing the dishes, you are only washing the dishes. This is accomplished by repeatedly noting the activity, in this case, saying or thinking, washing dishes. If the mind starts to wander, bring it back to the activity and repeat the note, washing dishes. This is done over and over and over again. Between noting, you can place your attention on the breath. There's an old Zen saying, Mindfulness is simply doing one thing at a time, meaning being singularly and continually focused on one task at a time. Some present awareness mindfulness applications. Mindful walking. Begin walking at a comfortable strolling speed. The destination and length of the walk is unimportant. What is important is keeping your mind present within the activity. While walking, you have a choice of objects of mindfulness. On noting, saying walking. On the felt motion of the body. On the sensation of your feet making contact with the ground. Or on your breath. I recommend starting by noting each, every other step, saying walking. Mindful eating. Mindful eating is done in silence. That means no TV, surfing the net, music, reading, or conversation. Begin by examining the food, turning the plate while inspecting it from all sides. Smell the food and take in its aroma. Take a moment to generate appreciation for the food and the care and love in its preparation, the difficulties in its cultivation, and its magical ability to nourish and prolong sentient life. Put a small spoonful of the food in your mouth and then set your spoon down. Chew slowly and completely before swallowing, while noting the activity, eating. Bring your full awareness to the task. Become one with the activity by immersing yourself in all the sensations, smells, and tastes. When not eating, observe your digestive process of feeling full, of feeling hungry, or the desire to eat although you're not hungry. Discern the difference between the hungry mind and the hungry stomach. Mindful listening. Begin within a conversation. Bring your full attention to the speaker. Relax and take in the sound. Notice the words, emotions, meter, pitch, inflection, and nuances. Move past the words to see the underlying emotional sharing 
that is the true communication. Truly listen, don't just wait to speak. Let the speaker have and enjoy the conversation. Control the urge to inject yourself into the conversation by sharing your own thoughts. Let the conversation stay focused on the speaker. This selfless offering of the space within the moment becomes a profound act of generosity. Mindful showering. When showering, just shower. Begin by noting the activity, washing. Then keep your focus on the breath as you wash. When the mind begins to wander, you repeat the note, washing. Try to take your time and find the pleasure in the activity. Try to find the stillness in the present moment. Advice on present awareness mindfulness. Try to use positive and skillful noting. Instead of using the note waiting, it's more productive to replace it with a positive note like resting. Obstacles to present awareness mindfulness. Focusing too strongly. Sometimes, when applying mindfulness too strongly, too soon, you may feel it somewhat disorienting or unbalancing. The solution is to go slower and lessen the intensity of your awareness. The intensity of your mindfulness should be cultivated gradually. The practice of watchful introspection mindfulness. This application of mindfulness utilizes observation, contemplation, analysis, and assessment with the aim of gaining insight and understanding into ourselves and our lives. Within its formal seated practice, shared in the Four Foundations of Mindfulness from the Satipatthana Sutra, watchful introspection mindfulness is identical to insight meditation. The application of this practice is simply introspection, keeping a watchful eye on our thoughts, intentions, actions, behaviors, patterns, etc., with the aim of gaining insight into our daily workings so we can learn and improve. It's through this understanding of ourselves and our reality that we awaken. The most popular application of this practice is to cultivate a general open watchfulness that's present, observant, and evaluating of whatever arises. You may notice that the previous application of present moment mindfulness is devoid of judgment, whereas this, uh, this application embodies it, used to discern the nature and value of the object while determining if it should be accepted, modified, or abandoned. Example one. Let's begin with open watchfulness as our object of mindfulness. In this example, as you go about your day, you begin by applying present moment mindfulness by focusing on your breath. Next, while remaining present, apply watchful introspection mindfulness by keeping a watchful eye on your thoughts, feelings, behaviors, etc. As experiences arise from these, note them, observe them, and examine them. Allow insights and understanding to arise. At any point, you can evaluate what arises and discern its value and place. Example 2. 
We can also apply this practice to a distinct object or topic, which is generally an aspect of the mind or body, including intentions, emotions, moods, views, beliefs, patterns, habits, goals, and behaviors. But it can also be an aspect of your spiritual practice or a problem or challenge from daily life. Let's use anger as our object of watchful introspection mindfulness. As you go about your day, first apply present moment mindfulness by focusing on the breath. Next, while being present, remain watchful of the arising of anger at any level, from mild irritation to blind rage. When anger arises, notice it, observe it, and examine it. Why is it arising? Where is it arising from? What is the trigger? Is there a pattern? Where is the sensation coming from? When does it begin to subside? What causes it to de-escalate, etc.? Through this practice of introspection and inquiry, insights arise and we learn about ourselves. Through this, we gradually learn how to identify, work with, de-escalate, or circumvent our anger. Example 3. Let's look at one more example. This time, let's choose our interaction with others as our object of mindfulness. Again, begin by applying present awareness mindfulness by focusing on the breath. When the opportunity presents itself, engage with someone. Remain present and mindful of your thoughts, speech, and reactions when interacting, making sure your conduct is appropriate and skillful. Be aware of the subtle nuances and cues. Apply your mindfulness gently so there is no noticeable sign of your practice. Be conscious of the space within the conversation. Be generous and share it. Curb your urge to inject yourself into the story. When listening, be positive and interested. Listen fully, not merely waiting to comment. Watch and examine the communication skills of the other person and yourself. See if any insight arises that may help you improve your own interactive skills. Advice on watchful introspection mindfulness. Throughout the day, note qualities you are inspired to develop. For example, maturity, confidence, patience, kindness, openness, etc. Obstacles to watchful introspection mindfulness. Getting caught up in mundane activity and forgetting to practice. This is a common obstacle that we all are challenged by. The solution is to be creative. Set alerts on your phone, tape notes up around the house, etc. The Union of Present Moment and Watchfulness Introspection The full accomplishment of mindfulness is realized within the union of all of the aspects of mindfulness. Meaning, through continuous practice, practitioners can learn to apply both present moment mindfulness and watchful introspection mindfulness simultaneously and continuously. This becomes possible when the practitioner has become so accustomed to the experience of presence that it is known as a felt experience that's easily generated and sustained. 
leaving one's awareness to be utilized fully for watchful introspection. This produces a remarkably focused and stable mind that's fully present, aware, and content. Useful tools for mindfulness. Mindfulness aspiration, recited in the morning and as needed. Today, I practice mindfulness to develop my mind and its processes. A practice aimed at gaining control over the thinking process, allowing me to be more consciously engaged with my environment. Today, I strive to remain aware of the stillness underlying the present moment, utilizing noting to reduce mind wandering and mental and emotional distraction while maintaining an objective distance, allowing space for understanding and skill. Today, I seek to awaken from mundane, habitual, and limited daily perceptions. The Three Breath Meditation. During your practice of mindfulness, you can use the Three Breath Meditation with mantra whenever you feel the need to calm and focus your mind, while taking three conscious breaths, on inhale, silently say present. On completing the inhale, silently say aware. On exhale, silently said mindfulness. Mindfulness as an extension of meditation. Although very similar, the most definitive difference between mindfulness and meditation may simply be the internal-external balance and depth of engagement. Meaning, meditation is primarily an internal focused practice, whereas mindfulness is a practice with a more equal balance of internal and external. A good example of this is the difference between walking meditation and mindful walking. During walking meditation, although a small, small amount of attention must be given to the act of walking, the main aim is primarily inward to enter a state of reduced conceptualization or calm abiding. Whereas in mindful walking, the aim is to be present or one with the activity, to embody the activity. Mindfulness and meditation seen as a single spectrum of practice. I have always seen the practices of mindfulness and meditation as interrelated, that mindfulness is merely an extension of meditation practice with present moment mindfulness as the natural extension of calm abiding meditation and watchful introspection mindfulness as the natural extension of insight meditation. These practices exist within a spectrum of engaged awareness and depending on our mental state, current situation and environment, we can move anywhere between the practices, engaging at any point on the spectrum we see fit. Note, according to Buddhism, meditation and mindfulness are not complete paths, meaning full awakening is not possible through them alone. Instead, meditation and mindfulness are seen as tools used for cultivating insight and understanding, which are the actual causes for awakening. For Buddhists, this insight and understanding are specific, pertaining to the direct experiential realization of the Buddhist teachings and or the true nature of oneself in reality. Q&A, 
Questions, answers, and comments by practitioners. Question. When practicing mindfulness, I often feel a bit uncoordinated or clumsy. This includes when I'm walking, playing sports, or performing intricate activities. Am I doing something wrong? Answer. A common issue for those new to mindfulness is practicing too deeply too soon. When practicing, don't engage too deeply at the beginning. Be gentle and give yourself time to adjust to this new practice. Always remember that pra the practice of mindfulness is a spectrum. You need to use your own common sense and experience to evaluate where you need to be on the spectrum at any given time, <clears throat> or how deeply you're engaged. Conversely, Experienced practitioners claim just the opposite, that mindfulness practice enhances their abilities, increases their mental focus, balance, agility, and productivity. Question. When engaging others, I worry that the distance created by my mindfulness practice will make me seem disconnected or not emotionally engaged with them. Answer. Adopting a new mindset can be challenging. For most of us, when engaged with others, we strive to be at our best, which means sticking to our A-game, our tried and proven set of communication skills. This translates as the doing mind wanting to control the experience in order to sustain the right mental image of ourselves in the minds of others. But does this sound like genuine or honest interaction? The distance you feel is in your mindfulness practice should be seen as maturity and stability. It's the transcendence of childish, self-centered interaction, while learning to be generally present and available to others, to be an authentic listener and stable friend. However, cultivating this new mindset takes time. Take it slow and gentle. Question. When practicing mindfulness at business or school functions, I feel set apart from the group. How does this benefit me? Answer. Once again, this is the feeling of objective distance. In my own experience, I find that although I may feel distant, others do not necessarily feel it from me. Yes, they may detect something different about me, but usually they interpret it as calmness. This distance makes us better friends, spouses, parents, and co-workers. We don't fight over space in conversations or go into opinionated or contentious rants. We rarely offend others, while being more accepting of the challenges within our daily experiences. Don't confuse objective distance for detachment to avoid social or emotional involvement. Within objective distance, we are free to interact at will. So, <clears throat> ask questions, smile, laugh, find the proper and comfortable distance in each situation. Remember, objective distance allows you to choose of just how much you want to participate. Chill out and enjoy listening or tell a great story. The only limitations are that of your own imagination. Question. Does objective distance distance us from love, compassion, and empathy? 
Answer, no, it only distances us from neurotic, irrational, and or clinging love. Real love is spacious, undemanding, and inclusive. Objective distance helps, helps us to expand our circle that differentiates who we consider a loved one and who we consider a stranger. The deconstructive discernment of us and them. As we become more objective, distinctions between friend and stranger are slowly diminished and the love, compassion, and empathy of our inner circle is expanded to encompass all. Question. When I'm with my children, mindfulness makes me feel a bit distant from them. I worry that it creates a barrier between us of not being able to show my love fully. Answer. Actually, every effective parent is already acquainted with the benefits of objective distance. All parents know that parenting requires the application of distance so that children can learn to be self-reliant to think and do for themselves. Skillful parents know they can't simply smother their children with affection. There must be some level of distance for healthy emotional development to occur. This is equally true in our relationships, friends, spouses, coworkers, etc. For objective distance benefits all interactions. The fact is, objective distance is a tool we use every day, but are usually unaware of. Question. My work is so fast-paced, it seems impossible for me to practice mindfulness. Answer. Don't try to engage too deeply. Apply the practice very gently, just a taste. Give yourself time to slowly adjust to this new practice and figuring out how it best works for you. Remember that the practice is a spectrum. Use your common sense and experience to evaluate where you need to be. Once you gain experience, you'll find that mindfulness practice enhances your abilities, increases mental focus, balance, and your productivity. Question. I can never remember to practice mindfulness. Any tips? Answer. Where there is a will, there is a way. Paradoxically, the first practice of mindfulness is to remember to practice mindfulness. Begin by accepting it. Yes, I'm forgetful. No big deal. And then get creative. Set alerts on your phone. Tape up notes around the house or associate with a community or friends who also embrace mindfulness and can be a means of inspiration and support. Question. Is the point of mindfulness to be constantly mindful? Answer, yes and no. The initial aim is to gain the ability of choice, to choose when you wish to be mindful. For the opposite of mindfulness, mind wandering, does have its benefits, especially in creativity and problem solving. Mindfulness gives, us the, gives the practitioner a freedom of choice they never had before, of where on the spectrum of doing and observing they wish to operate from at any given moment. To favor the doing mind with its unique abilities of planning, producing, meeting, deadlines, etc., 
or favoring the observing mind with its abilities of clarity, contentment, rejuvenation, etc. However, with that said, ultimately, the aim of mindfulness is the union of the two, where both the doing mind and the observing mind are continuously present and functional at all times, delivering an amazingly agile and productive state of mind. Important Notes If difficulties in your practice persist, it's always a good idea to seek additional one-on-one advice from a qualified teacher. Meditation, mindfulness, and Buddhism were not intended as medical therapy. For those who suffer from mental, social, or emotional disorders, it's always best to work with a therapist or specialized teacher in the field. Currently, there are a growing number of therapists and specialized teachers that can instruct patients in meditation, mindfulness, and Buddhist practice. Lastly, if for any reason you feel vulnerable, unstable, or just a bit down, reach out to others, be it family, friends, or professional caregivers. There are so many wonderful people in this world who wish to help others. And that brings us to the end of Mindfulness Basics. Thank you for listening. I hope this text was both beneficial and inspiring. Please be sure to check out my download library for free Buddhist study material at TenzinTarpa.com. And just a reminder, if you find my work of value, consider making a donation at my website. Thank you. Thank you.